Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn Birnbaum is with Sickich, and he is out of East Peoria, Illinois. And Glenn, it's good to have you back on the podcast, man. Yeah, definitely busy time of the year. So we had this uh, early harvest for most part. Most places, uh, fall was very uneventful as far as from a weather perspective, and so we got. Most guys are done, wrapped up, and they're starting to take a look at what they're going to do as far as end-of-the-year tax buying reasons and stuff like that. And uh, we want to talk about that a little bit, but what's weighing heavy on everyone's mind right now is what's new with PPP because, as you know, uh, they change that about every day. So what's what's happened with PPP today, bud? The Paycheck Protection Program. And so this is, uh, we got all these time these. It's about 7.45 a.m. on Wednesday. And the government is due to shut down on Friday um, at the end of the day, I believe, if they don't get a bill passed to, like, you know, fund the government, the debt ceiling, I believe it's called. So um, there was some news late last night on PPP. The question being, you know, is there going to be another round of PPP, like PPP2? Um, And then, you know, probably more important for tax planning is, is the PPP money going to be taxable? And so... Um, you know, your listeners can look at our last podcast. We talked in detail about that. Um, but you know, if you, if you do get, if you did get your PPP loan based on paying wages, um, you know, the right now the IRS is saying, Hey, that PPP loan is going to be taxable, but there's, there's a sense that maybe this is going to get fixed, um, in, in a stimulus bill that, that could get passed maybe next week. Um, you know, so they got to kind of temporarily fund the government here for another week and then hopefully get, get a stimulus bill passed next week. So Secretary Mnuchin came out with, I believe, his own plan that was around $900 billion. Um, It's not clear to me yet on whether the PPP tax fix is in there. Uh, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, a few days ago, there was quite the, quite the sense that, it, that that was going to be in a bill that gets passed. But so the bottom line is it's Wednesday morning and you know, we should know more in a few days here, but that certainly is a wrinkle that we're trying to plan for is, you know, um, it's a, cause it's a big deal. Is this PP money going to be taxable or not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy that everyone got this money and there was not a yeah typical government thing though. Not very well. Yeah. So the bill, know. you know, it said, Hey, the, the PPP loan will not be part of gross income. I mean, that was in the, you know, the bill that became law. Uh, but then later on they kind of said, well, you know, maybe, maybe the expenses that you use that money for won't be deductible. So it's kind of a, maybe a backdoor way to address it. Um, but that is, that is what the IRS is saying right now. And, and until we get a congressional fix, you know, that's what we got to deal with. Yep. Absolutely. Crazy, crazy, man. Sooner or later, they'll get that figured out, and somebody will get a big penalty because they did everything they thought was right, but actually it was totally wrong. So good stuff. All right, so with with, uh, Harvest wrapping up, a lot of guys are talking with their accountants right now and getting things figured out, what they have, what they don't have, how much money they made, how much money they didn't make. A lot of government payments are going to be figured into a lot of of earning um, 
uh, on-farm income and those kind of things. A lot of guys and gals are coming in and taking a look at maybe doing some upgrades on equipment. And one thing you brought up was, you know, a combine payment in December. Do I need to make one of those to just start that depreciation schedule in the 2021 uh, or 2020 calendar year? So, Glenn, yeah. what's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a pretty common question. You know, you're you know, we're, if you're a cash basis taxpayer, which you know most all farmers are, you know, you're used to having to write a check, you know, to, to get a tax deduction, right? You know, fertilizer bill or seed bill or whatever it might be drying bill, you know, something like that. And so it, it can kind of make maybe some common sense that, well, if I'm going to, you know, get a new tractor, you know, trade in something, get a different tractor, different combine, that I've got to make a payment, you know, in December um, in order to, you know, be able to deduct that payment. And this is one of these exceptions where really it's based on, you know, the loan paperwork being dated in December, um, you know, and as importantly, the, the equipment has to be delivered to your site and, you know, you could have used it, you know, in December. So basically it really doesn't matter when you make that first loan payment or first payment, first loan payment. It's that, you know, you have a loan paperwork that's dated in December that, that then allows you to, to depreciate it. And, you know, right now we still have very nice rules for depreciation with section 179, um, where you can do, uh, up to about a million dollars, but you can customize that, you know, any, any, really any amount between zero and a million. And then we've also got bonus depreciation or hundred percent bonus depreciation, which, you know, you can deduct a hundred percent of um, equipment and, you know, and that really has no limit on it. Um, and it, you know, it also applies to used equipment. So we've had these rules um, started in 20, 2018, you know, we had them in 2019 and then, you know, we've still got them here in 2020 and then also 2021 and 2022, we still will have hundred percent bonus appreciation as the law is right now. Um, you know, could that be changed? It's possible. I don't, I don't think it's too, too doubtful, but right now in 2020, yeah, we do have a lot of ability to write off equipment. You know, if you have, you know, a lot of income or something that you're trying to trying to offset, um, but yeah, it just the paperwork date is what matters on equipment and having delivered the equipment to your to your farm. That's the key thing. Yep. So that's the other thing I want to talk to you about too, from that section one seventy nine perspective. There's a, there, I I really believe there's going to be a fair amount of equipment that gets traded this year. Um, and I'm really going yeah. on a limb there, but there's yeah. a there there's a a lot of folks that have <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of folks that have out there, you know five six seven year old machinery that they have, haven't done much with since you know 13 14 15 maybe even 2012 and they're looking at doing some upgrading there um what are some shortfalls they need to pay attention to yeah. in that in that trade cycle yeah it's a good one because in 2018 we had new rules you know on trades and so maybe you know maybe there hasn't been much trading and so this might be the first time you experienced this rule and they basically did away with like kind exchanges or sometimes they're called 1031 exchanges for equipment, for personal property. Now it's still there for land or real estate, but they did away with it for equipment. So what does that mean? It means that, you know, let's say, you know, you had a trade-in allowance of $70,000, you know, on a tractor or something, and you probably depreciated it down to zero by now. If you trade it off, you'd have a $70,000 gain, okay? 
And, you know, a few years ago, you wouldn't have had a gain. You have a $70,000 gain. Now, all is not lost because you can fully write that $70,000 gain off under these, you know, as, as of right now for the bonus depreciation for the 179 the, the little trap you have to watch for is some states, and Illinois is not one of those states, so we deal primarily with Illinois, but there are some states that, you know, don't allow, you know, as quick a write-off on stuff. So you might have to pay tax on that trade-in allowance. So that, that's that's pretty narrow, pretty niched. But what affects everybody is if you're a schedule a farmer is that $70,000 gain doesn't actually show up on your Schedule F. It shows up on what's called a Form 4797. It's a separate form. Um, and so you have the $70,000 gain over there. And so then if you take that extra depreciation and you want to get to a wash or you, know, you want to get to zero, let's say, because you have other off-farm income or something, so you'll have a loss of $70,000 on your Schedule F. Uh, and so sometimes that's not the best situation because, uh, at least in my opinion, then you don't get a self-employment loss on that carried forward to next year. So in other words, if, if so ignore the equipment issue. If I lose $100,000 on my Schedule F year one and I make $100,000 on Schedule F year two, I have to pay self-employment tax about 15% on that 100000 in year two. I don't get to say, well, no, in total over the two years, I made nothing. So, you know, I shouldn't owe any self-employment tax. So there's no such thing as a self-employment tax carryover to next year. So that can burn you um, unexpectedly. Um, so anyway, we've been dealing with this for two years now, but yeah, it could, you know, impact more people this year if you're, if it's been a while since you traded stuff off. So that's that's the couple things that I can think of offhand. Yeah, so folks, when you're out there talking to your tax professionals, make sure you bring that up and make sure you understand what's yeah. going on with that. Because that, just like yeah. Glenn outlined there in that example, it could be yeah. fifteen grand laying there that that comes unexpectedly yeah. uh, to from the tax man. So yeah, so the important thing it's kind of coming back to me a little bit. You know, some of these discussions we've had a few years ago is you know you can't just tell your CPA or your tax person, hey, I paid you know an extra 175,000, you know, on this, my trade difference was 175,000, you know, you need to provide the invoice that shows the trade in allowance, you know, the price of the new and then the net, because they, they need to know more details than they did a few years ago. Yep. Good so, stuff. That's, yeah. that's very important, Glenn. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Um, so let's talk about some possible tax changes, tax changes you were, you might, you're kind of yeah. anticipating and just taking advantage of current tax brackets you see out there right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, we got the Georgia runoffs and things, you know, for the Senate. But um, I think, you know, just looking back at some history in, in 1993, when there was a retroactive tax increase that was, it was passed in August of 93. This is before my time, before my professional time, and retroactive back to January 1st. Um, you know, there was a lot more. Uh, I think there were probably 40 more Democrats in the House, um, maybe seven or eight more, you know, 57, I think, Democrats in the Senate. And the bill passed in the Senate 50-50. Uh, Al Gore broke the tie. And, and I think a, a good 40 uh, Democratic House people voted against the bill. So just trying to, you know, not that that's, you know, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's just that there was a lot more, you know, balance of power to the to one side in 93 and, and a retroactive tax adjustment to the highest income people, you know, barely passed. Um, so we really don't think, obviously we can't predict the future, but 
we don't think that's likely to happen, you know, in 2021 here, right. That, you know, am I going to regret, you know, maybe these low tax rates in 2020, am I going to have maybe one more chance? Yes, you are probably going to have one more chance in 2021. Um, now the, the one thing to keep in mind for, you know, the farmers in the, in the audience who can use farm income averaging is even if rates did go up in 2021, which I would, you know, place very, very remote, farmers have the ability to take that income and push it back into the previous three years. So, you know, so you, you have a lot more ripcord kind of parachutes when you're jumping out of the plane, I guess. So, you know, yeah. so, you, you know, that obviously we've talked about this over the years that allows you to use a lot of hindsight, right? We can be talking in February and, you know, or March or April with, with clients and, you know, take it and say, well, wait a minute now, it's, you know, let's change our mind. We're going to, you know, push income more back into the prior years. And the one thing to remember there is you, you know, let's say you have, you know, $120,000 of income that you want to push back. You, you must do it in 40,000, $40,000 to the third year, $40,000 to the second year, $40,000 to the first year. So in other words, if it's 2020, you got to carry a third of it back to 2017, a third of it back to 2018, a third of it back to 2019. You know, you can't customize it and say, I want to do 105,000, you know, to this year. So you got to spread it out evenly. Um, but it does, it is just another tool in the toolbox that you can use um, to take advantage of low brackets. And, you know, right now we have a 10% bracket, we have a 12% tax bracket. And so, you know, those are, those are quite low. And so, you know, you want to think about making sure you use those up. Um, if you're, you know, particularly looking back to that third year, you know, if you're going back into 2017, right, that's the year that's kind of going to fall off this year. And, you know, if you've got 12% bracket available, let's just say, um, sorry, that would be for 2018. So you'd be a 15% bracket for 2017. You know, do I want to make sure I use that up? So again, it just, the thing it does is it allows you to use hindsight and customize, um, you where you want to be. So it's, it's a nice tool to have. Yeah. Good deal, man. So, um, you want to talk a little bit about the, the, the sickage ads ag seminar you have coming up? Yeah, it's, you know, this year it's, it's going to be virtual. Um, it's going to be, um, two hours on Friday, December 11th. So this upcoming Friday, December 11th, it starts at 11 a.m. Central. And uh, there's going to be a couple outside speakers. Um, uh, Mitch Fraser uh, from Agrinovus, Indiana, will be talking about ag innovation. Um, we've, we've got a, a local economic development person talking about, you know, the Midwest and Central Illinois in particular from Decatur, Illinois, which is where uh, ADM is at. That's um, going to be speaking about, you know, just kind of what's going on with economic development in the Midwest. And then, uh, I'm going to be speaking about kind of giving a, a bit of a tax update on what we think might happen, you know, two tax rates. And, and I'll give the latest on PPP because I'm sure it'll be different, you know, in a couple of days. So, but it's going to be pretty quick hitting. I think, you know, maybe 25 minutes to half hour each. So, you know, nothing, nothing super, super detailed, just enough to kind of uh, whet your appetite and, Obviously, you know, we'll, we'll be open for questions and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's that's coming up uh, real quick here in a couple of days, uh, Wednesday, December 11th. You can go to the uh, Sickich website, uh, dot com and find the events page, and you'll see a, a link to uh, to register there. So, 
Right on. And that's open to anybody that wants to go into that. Anybody, right? yeah. No, no restrictions on it. Right so, on. Yep. Okay. I might even get in there, Glenn. Learn something. Go for it. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. All right, Glenn. Anything else you want to throw out there before we close the thing down here for the day? No, I think that's all. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be talking again um, probably next week. So hopefully we'll know a lot more. So We'll know as much about PPP next week as we know this week. So things are going to be... Things are going to be great. All right, Glenn. We'll appreciate you being on the podcast. Glenn, if they want to reach out to you and get some more information about what it is you're doing there at Sickage and how and uh, how you can give them some help, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, it's best to call our office here. Uh, phone number is 309-694-4251. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter, at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. And then, you know, of course, go to our Sickage website, uh, sikich.com, and you can find a a bio there as well so yeah happy to talk with anybody as, as we get closer to year end here so right on well good deal glenn i'm casey seymour with moving iron podcast make sure you check me out at facebook twitter and instagram this is where you're going to find the latest information about the moving iron podcast as it comes out also i have a new blog that'll be posted here this week about uh some comparisons to what we see happening now to what happened in 2009 and 10 a lot of comparisons there uh, to those to those years. So uh, look for that. Go to movingironllc.com for all my blog posts and Moving Iron podcast posts as well. Also information about the 2021 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee that got postponed from what was going to be in, in January, those January dates. They did have to postpone that. Uh, we're looking at the fall here, September 15th through the 18th, and that will give a, give a little better I think travel as, as things kind of start to slow down here with the coronavirus knock on wood. So um, with that, I am Casey Seymour with Glenn Birnbaum. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people.